Welcome to the Shari Tzedek Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Here you'll find a live recording of just about every sermon, Devar Torah, teaching, or story from our Arab Shabbat and High Holy Day services. We know that you wish you could be with us more often, and we understand life getting in the way is not a bad thing. To live Jewishly is to understand that just as important as it is that Judaism happens in the synagogue, it's even more important to live Jewishly in your home and on your way. So here we are, in your home, on your way, maybe even on your morning run. If you ever have any questions or want to continue the discussion, let one of us know, and make sure you check out our live stream and YouTube channel for more ways that Shari Tzedek is available to you on demand. Keep an eye on your shofar and email so that when you're able, you can be with us as well. Looking forward to seeing you soon. A long time ago, in a small village, there sat a brick synagogue at the top of a hill. For many years, it had served the villagers well. It celebrated with them when it hosted bar and bat mitzvahs and weddings and it mourned with them at funerals and in the aftermath of pogroms. The little synagogue looked over the town each night with love and warmth for those who made their Jewish lives in it. And time went on like this, even as the synagogue grew older, its bricks covered in ivy, still it loved its village. One day, one of the school children from town came by to play on the hill. Sweating and tired from a day of play, the child turned to the synagogue and asked, O synagogue, I am so tired from playing in the hot sun. May I have a few of your bricks to make something to sit on in the shade? The synagogue was happy to help. Of course, take a brick, take a few, and use them well so you can rest and regain your strength. The child took a few nice-looking bricks from a corner of the back wall and headed off to find a shady place to sit. A few days later, the synagogue saw the village baker coming up the hill. He walked up to the building and said, Oh, beloved synagogue, I am repairing my oven so I can provide fresh bread to the people of the village. I just need 10 or 12 bricks, but I don't have the money. But you have plenty of bricks. I could just take some from this low wall over here. And how could the synagogue say no to the baker, who simply wanted to feed his family and the community that the synagogue loved? So the baker took his share of bricks, loaded them into a wheelbarrow, and headed back into town. And so it went. Every now and then, a villager would come by and take a few bricks to prop up a table or patch up a windowsill, and things were fine. By some point, the synagogue had just a few low walls left, and people continued to pray and celebrate there, but only when the weather was nice. And then a soldier came by. He stood stiffly, arms at his sides, in front of the doors and saluted, Synagogue, I need your bricks to finish building a fortress so we can fight the enemy. Which enemy do you mean? The synagogue asked. The soldier answered, We'll figure it out when we see who's against us. And without even waiting for the synagogue to reply, the soldier put the remaining bricks in a big cart, leaving only the doors and the pews. 
And that's how it went. For good or for ill, people took the synagogue apart, using the bricks for their own needs, until the villagers looked up at the hill and the synagogue wasn't there anymore. No one could pinpoint the moment that it stopped being a synagogue. No one could really figure out who was to blame. Maybe everyone, maybe no one. But everyone could see that where once there was a synagogue, there was nothing, and the villagers could no longer celebrate or mourn. At this moment, the Jewish people are entering a period of mourning. On Tuesday night, we marked Rosh Chodesh Av, the beginning of the month of Av. The summer months of the Jewish calendar have only a few holidays, but they include one that most Reformed Jews would only know about if they went to summer camp. Tisha B'Av, the ninth day of Av, is a fast day that originally commemorated the destruction of the first temple in Jerusalem by the Babylonian Empire and the second temple by the Roman Empire. Over time, it has accumulated more and more tragedies for our people to remember. The ravaging of Jewish communities during the First Crusades, the expulsion of Jews from Spain during the Spanish Inquisition, even the first fatal steps that the Nazi party took in carrying out their final solution, and so many others. On so many Tisha B'Avs throughout our history, the Jewish people watched their worlds crumble around them. But these destructions did not happen all at once. History moves incredibly slowly, and changes are more often incremental than seismic. A person makes a decision, a committee sets a policy, a bad growing season causes a grain shortage, people start losing their jobs, rumors spread around town. Each of these are small in scale, but combined and given time, they can lead to a crisis. Just like everything else, the destruction of the Second Temple didn't occur overnight. It was preceded by decades of incursions on Jewish rights, corruption of Jewish institutions, and erosion of Jewish values. Some Jews blamed the Romans. Other Jews blamed themselves for not having prevented it. How do we avoid having something like that happen here in the United States? How do we learn from our past? Let's look out our own windows first. What do we see? We see massive inequality between rich and poor, which very often can lead to violent uprising. Jews have very often been disproportionately successful in the societies in which they live. But when social order breaks down, we are often the subject of blame. 15th century Spain, 1920s Germany. I want to be clear, we don't live in Nazi Germany. But there are plenty of people being oppressed right now, and we should look out for the signs. For example, Twitter just had to ban 7,000 accounts for spreading conspiracies of Jewish control and sabotage of the world. Anti-Semitism is mainstream again, and that means hate is mainstream again. We know where this can lead. 
What else do we see? Suppression of the right to peacefully protest and military tactics being turned on civilians. On the streets of American cities, unidentified officers in camo fatigues are putting protesters in unmarked rental vans. Even the mayor of Portland was treated like a criminal and tear gassed. Not all protesters are peaceful, but even if you think these people should be arrested, is this due process? Are we making sure that our justice system remains just? The Jewish people have often been on the receiving end of punitive law enforcement. If we don't want it to come to us, we shouldn't want it to happen to anyone. We know where this can lead. The big dramatic moments, like the current standoff in Portland, and like the tragedies we commemorate on Tisha B'Av, are the culmination of long periods of incremental change. We lose a right here and there, and before we realize it, something unimaginable happens. And we let it happen. We let it happen when we ignore the signs, when we aren't paying enough attention. For Reformed Jews, the message of the prophets is at the center of our call to action. But the prophets that we seek to emulate were not fortune tellers. They couldn't see the future. They were simply people who paid attention when justice was at risk of slowly being taken apart. They saw a Jewish nation losing sight of the just society God wanted them to build, the one written about in our sacred texts. Back then, most people were not that interested in listening to the prophets. But we should be interested, and we should respond to the call. This isn't just about politics. This is pragmatism for the survival of all the peoples of the world, including the Jewish people. We have a longer history than most to learn from. And we learn from our own history that when we close our eyes to small injustices, they become large injustices. And more often than not, those hurt everyone, including us. We have found ourselves looking up at that synagogue on the hill. And we know that it's still there, but its structural integrity is a lot more uncertain now. We need to keep our eyes on that hill, on our values, and on the daily events that threaten them. That is part of our prophetic mission, to be a light unto the nations, to live mindfully and compassionately, and to have the courage to see reality as it truly is. The reality is that all is not well in our world. If we can acknowledge that, we, all of us, can begin to repair it together. Shabbat Shalom.